Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good day. Good day? I said good day. (laughs) This is Florence Ion. This is the material podcast that you are listening to, episode number 184, recorded January 3rd in the new year of 2019, and I am joined by my friend, Andy Anatko. Uh, I still got that three-day new new year hangover, by by which by which it means I I, I bought like a whole bo- whole whole like uh, bag of those uh, cheese curls, mm-hmm. and uh, and two of those uh, I, I basically over I I didn't go to a party I just overate and so I'm 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 on day I'm on day two of why don't we skip down to one meal at lunch and then a snack at dinner. Uh, and, and in honor, I think, of your uh, of your arrival home from your Romanian adventure, uh, I, I'm enjoying the the simple peasant food of my own Eastern European slash Russian ancestors, uh, and also uh, paying homage to their their American uh, immigration experience. It's uh, pierogies, potato pierogies with salsa. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds really good, actually. It is. I'm really it is into actually, it. It is actually really good. It's uh, <laughs> it's. It's like it took me a long time to realize that uh, if you could, that you can put salsa on that you don't have to put just butter and poppy seeds <laughs> on pierogies. You can actually once you once you're above the age of eighteen, you're allowed to pretty much put anything you want in salsa. It just works. And again, I I, yep. I like to believe like my uh, my Czechoslovakian slash Russian forebears bringing their own food and their uh, and their traditions but they moved into let's say a predominantly like mexican-american neighborhood and they were introduced mm-hmm, to salsa mm-hmm. and whenever they went to the potluck they would bring pierogies which would oh these are like what tamales no it's like potato sort of dumpling like i say ravioli <laughs> no italian neighborhood like well what if we put some of that delicious salsa on it oh my goodness it's almost as if we're we're posing for a postage stamp, explaining why America is the great melting pot that it is. Anyway, it is tasty. I actually really love that you mentioned that because I was just thinking about, well, today I went to the grocery store to buy a couple things to put in the house because we had absolutely nothing. And <laughs> I the first thing I went was to the tortilla aisle because I love to have uh, quote unquote breakfast tacos, which and I apologize to anybody for misusing the word taco, because in this case, it really is just a tor- like a crispy tortilla I warm up with with fluffy eggs and some sriracha or salsa, depending on what I have in the fridge. And that's how I like to start my mornings with a cup of milky coffee. And I didn't get to start my mornings at all like that in Romania because there were no tortillas and I really missed them. <laughs> I did f- manage to find Mission Flatbread, but like, I don't, flatbread is not a tortilla. I'm, you know, it's a completely different part of the world. And it, it's just, you know, I'm just so happy to be home and <laughs> in this melting pot. I mean, on, honestly, I'm just so happy to be in this melting pot of a country because I feel like we do not, I feel like we're just not talking about that as much as the fact that like, what part of the reason that I love coming home is because I do come home to this incredibly, like, especially you know, particularly those of us living, yes, I know, on the coast is slightly more, uh, slightly more diverse than maybe other parts of the country. But because of that reason, I love to come home and have all these different options of food and the ability to mix my Romanian heritage of food with all sorts of other delicious things that I have learned to love along the way. Um, I just yeah, love I, eating. I never, I never, I never thought of that before. Like, um, uh, my, uh, I, I believe my my grandfather, who emigrated from Italy, 
Like this landed in Boston. So like in this area. And it, it never, it never occurred to me before that when you have these like coastal, uh, these coastal ancestry, what it's saying is that we are gener- we are progenitored uh, from people who suffered greatly and been through all kinds of hardships, crossed mountains, escaped guards, whatever, passage overseas, went through the immigration process. Then wherever they landed, they're like, you know what? We're good. This is good enough. I I know there's there's like three thousand miles worth of other stuff beyond this, but I, I'm good here in Boston. I think I would much rather finally be able to like drive a nail into a wall and hang a picture of the Virgin Mary on it than have to pack and repack and continue to move. Uh, speaking of which, I did come home from Romania with icons. <laughs> uh, in case anybody was wondering, I did come home with icons. Uh, and yes, they will be placed throughout my house because, uh, you know, I just like to have some, again, because we're on the topic of just like the mixing of cultures and things, I just love to have those remnants of my upbringing, like around the house, no matter my own like spiritual journey and beliefs. I love to just have those little reminders of where I come from, who my people are. And I'm also, of course, thinking about this very much because I literally just got home yesterday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, it's still very fresh on my mind. Um, it, it's, also, it's also good when you have people over to make them wonder a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy that. I have a... my. I I never I, I, one of the many things I wish I had talked to my parents about before they before they went was why is there this beautiful like uh, wooden cross crucifix with mother of pearl and then you sli- it's actually a box as it's, it's for hanging on a hanging on a wall but it, you can actually like slide it open like a box to reveal uh, candles and. Can- and like four holes in the base of the thing for candle holders and there's like a, also a little well for like holy water and apparently in a booklet apparently this is something you have standing by in case one of your relatives or one of family members is dying in the house and you need to have sort of a last rightsy sort of thing happening on the end, end table and i don't know it fortunately it doesn't look like it got used a lot it looks like it was primarily used as a decorative item but it makes me wonder like was this a wedding gift and what kind of a twisted individual would give something this morbid as a wedding gift or was this a leftover from a time where i know i know that you only have you, you only have a, a mom and two aunts but uh, your grandparents had as usual like 23 children of whom that's about three that we're happy to have three survive until teenage years like yeah these uh these are actually hand-painted acrylic icons which makes them even more special yeah so because there's a definite story behind them but i definitely agree with you about having just like a bunch of stuff in the house and just having people wonder because I have like all this <laughs> feminist, incredibly, inc- incredibly feminist like art around the house uh, <laughs> <laughs> from like um, a pair of my favorite uh, femme artists, uh, followed by like all of this religious iconography, followed by like uh, Pokemon figurines. <laughs> so I just, you know. 
I'm a multifaceted person. Uh, and speaking can, of being can, multifaceted, you contain, you contain multitudes. <laughs> exactly. And speaking of which, uh, we probably should get to the actual subject of this podcast, which is uh, technology. If we must Google, yeah. Um, it's a new year. It's, it's a, a new, new year. year. We can pre- we can pretend that none of the nasty things from last year happened. Actually, a lot of it, we're we're still on the topic of of, uh, of Chromebooks and Pixel books. Yes, I, I'm even more tempted now. Uh, Best Buy has a uh, in the United States, I guess, has a whole bunch of refurbished pixel books these are models with uh, eight gigs of ram 128 gigs of storage so a really credible pixel book and they're down to 599 dollars. and you get sort of you, you get like a best buy warranty ish sort of thing plus a return policy so it's like if it breaks down it's not like you're stuck they were, they'll give you like a, a warranty through best buy and of course through best buy i think that has some sort of return policy and uh, i was already tempted at 750 but it's 600 I'm like, and that would, yeah, that's that that wouldn't run Windows poorly, <laughs> if and when Windows 10 comes to the Pixel books and Chromebooks, and no. the, and the, and now that that little that little weasel on 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 my shoulder puffs into being and says, "You've got five hundred ninety nine dollars. You're you got you you know what? You're going to make another five hundred ninety nine dollars very quickly." So it's almost as if you're just here's a Pixel book on the on the street. And Andy, do you want to just just lean over and pick it up, or do you just want to walk away from it? Like, first of all, Weasel, I don't think your logic is sound. I, I will be actually paying money for this money that could be spent on something else, even like a 2019 model uh, Google Pixelbook, if one is. Oh, but still, that's that is super competitive. Can you imagine if Google or anybody could make? A, an i5-based Chromebook with 8 gigs of RAM, 120 gigs of storage, and sell it just as a regular street price of $599, that would be, like, why? <laughs> it would be hard to recommend an iPad or pretty much anything else on that basis. That's a really good price for a really good piece of hardware. Okay, but let me raise you one of these. So... I was clicking around. So Andy shared with me a link that we're talking about, uh, which is via aboutchromebooks.com, which is a Chromebook-related site, a Chrome OS site run by uh, Kevin Toffel, I believe. I hope I said his last name right. Um, used to work at GigaOM and now has, I really like about Chromebooks, by the way. It's a really good site to bookmark for anybody out there who just wants to like put a site like that in their rotations uh, because he does do a pretty good job of kind of comparing like the different Chromebook models out there. And he mentions in this little write-up that if you're interested in buying this particular Pixelbook from Best Buy, maybe you want to get something that's a little more current for a hundred dollars more. I mean, if you really are into the idea of like a, because this is a seventh gen Intel core I five and you can get an eighth gen Intel core I five in the Lenovo yoga Chromebook C six thirty. Yes. Um, and this has also eight gigs of memory, 128 gigabytes of storage. It doesn't, um, let's see. 1080p display on a 15.6 inch touchscreen. Um, uh, USB types, a pair of USB Type C ports, a full USB Type A port, and a micro SD card slot. What? <laughs> Expected battery life is around 10 hours, which is about that of the Pixel Book. And the only reason I'm bringing this up, Andy, is because, um, because maybe who knows? Maybe maybe we have been 
maybe we've been too entranced. This is just what I'm trying to think of for yeah. 2019. Okay. This is just a self, this is a this is me projecting onto you um some of some things that have been running rummaging, rummaging in my mind, which is that am I paying too much attention to the Google product because uh because of the way it looks and because of the way it aesthetically pleases me along with everything else? Or am I missing out on the other little bits around me? <laughs> You, you know, see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, I get it completely. And, <laughs> and I'm projecting, by the way, 100% projecting, <laughs> just just again to establish. Well, it's it's sometimes it, it, we I don't necessarily, I'm not yet completely confident that I know how to evaluate Chromebooks because, mm. and especially, especially with Intel CPUs. Now, obviously, you're going to want something that has like an Intel core processor, not a Celeron. Yes. But recently, Intel like changed the naming structure so that they, now that now they know that we're on to them regarding Celeron processors, so they've essentially made oh well no it's an i two or now they've changed the specs of the of the base i three to make it really not something that a lot of people would be super happy with, and the the, the fact is that I've <laughs> I've had the I've had the benefit of like using one of these that doesn't belong to me for two months, and I know it works great, and I know that it does things I expect it to do, and I don't want to I don't want to wind up with a Chromebook that um <laughs> that has to do what this i5 based really nice like google product does but <laughs> has to do it with like not enough ram and the frame is kind of wobbly winkly and it is not going to make me super super happy um and i and there's also the 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 thing that i always worry about when it comes to android products and now i think chrome os products is that just like with the Pixel, I know that if I buy a Pixel phone, a Google Pixel phone, mm-hmm. I will get Android with the fewest amount of dings possible. And I know that whatever Google has planned for the future of Android-powered handhelds, this Pixel phone will definitely support it and will definitely support it on day one. Am True. I going to find out that uh, a uh, a Chromebook that I bought from HP or Dell or Lenovo that has all these wonderful specs, but unfortunately, it has o- it has only onboard graphics acceleration, which means that it can't run the Mac apps that's now compatible with because you, because it was the the Mac application compatibility layer in 2020 edition of Chrome OS was based on this one chipset. <laughs> <laughs> that that they that uh, Google decided to define as a brand new standard in late 2019. I know, I know, I know. I'm worried too much about about a, about a laptop that would still be like one third the price of what I normally <laughs> spend on a on even like the least I've ever spent on a MacBook. But you know, it's it, it's. Oh well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you have yeah. MacBooks. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I know that's a, Apple. Apple products is a blessing. The blessing comes with other. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I, no, with... I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just chuckling over here. I mean, I. But again, uh, okay. Uh, again, let me all remind. Let me remind all of you out there that I did eventually acquiesce and use my husband's MacBook to do our podcast last week. <laughs> so because the Chromebook was like, <laughs> it was just uh, it just wasn't a hundred percent cutting it. Yeah. It was about 90% cutting it, but that last 10% that I really needed, it was facilitated by a much pricier machine. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I see that again, same thing with the iPads. It's like it can do everything a laptop can do except for that one thing that will totally ruin everything twice a year. Like not three times a year, but twice a year. And that twice a year thing will totally screw you up. Yep. Yep. Well, I also before I go to commercial, there's a so the only the only other kind of news ish sort of thing. And this is more reflective of the world than of them of Chromebook specifically. So I just had the realization that I now have to like upgrade all of my like travel uh, power bricks. Like I used to, I've, I've been using the exact same power bricks to mostly to charge my uh, my iPad and my uh, and my phones. So I've got like four copies or uh, four co- four copies of really good like ten watt uh, like uh, Anchor and a couple other makes. Just mm-hmm. and one is one is in each bag, so I don't have to worry about like did I transferring something from the backpack to the laptop bag or to the super slim bag. And now that I'm carrying a Chromebook around, and now that I know that. Whatever the next generation of laptop I buy is probably going to be USB C powered. So now I have to get to the get on the job of of gradually replacing each one of these little ten watt USB chargers with like thirty watt chargers. And so this one is just a simple anchor one. It has two ports on it. One is like a USB A type connector. The other is a USB C connector. But each one, but it can charge at thirty watts. So I should be able to actually. Uh, I should be able to actually charge up this lap, this this Chromebook on the train, which was not something I was able to do before, and much to my sadness, as I found out that oh, that's right, you had to do lots and lots of work on the train, and you forgot to charge it last night, and so now you basically have a lovely tray table <laughs> for your beverages, and that's all you can use this Chromebook for right now. So, so that just reminded me of the fact that I have a car charger that does the same thing but then it just made me sad because i just remembered how much of a car culture california has and how everything (laughs) i do is in my car and that's why my car has to basically be able to charge a laptop and a phone at the same time oh god (laughs) oh what is this world we've created anyway (laughs) yeah that's what that's what people mostly uh, mostly define a, a tesla as that it's a really really good phone charger that has its own set of wheels so you don't have to like actually carry it just you can just drag it behind you or drive on top of it right right uh oh boy um shall we shall we head off into an ad i think we shall okay this episode is brought to you by linode with linode you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at five bucks a month and you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the linode cloud in under a minute Whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. Linode offers the fastest hardware and network with with fantastic customer service behind it all. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. Linode guarantees 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they keep it that way. Linode is great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating a VPN, running Docker containers, hosting a private Git server, and so much more. Oh, and Linode are hiring right now. If this interests you, just go to linode.com careers. Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at 16 gigabytes of RAM for only 5 bucks a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigs of RAM. As a listener of the show, if you sign up at linode.com slash material, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. 
on the 16 gig, well, excuse me, on the one gig of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash material to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting the show and Relay FM. So, Andy, did you happen to go to Google I.O. in 2015? This is when it was still at the Moscone Center. If memory serves, I think I was there in spirit through the magic of streaming video. Well, I was there and I did get a chance to check out Project Soli when it was on display. Now, back then, it was exactly the same as the Google I.O. we know now, except that all of the exhibits were inside of a big convention hall instead of inside a giant air-conditioned dome. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, still very just very fun to see these sort of technologies in play. So what Project Soli was, it was basically a one centimeter square component that could detect gestures via radar. So kind of what would happen is you would like move your fingers together and based on the way that you're moving your fingers, like that would correspond to what the gesture was on screen. This was just a super cool, it was a super cool demo and you did not have to touch anything. So it would just basically read like the gestures that you're doing on air. So I just, I just jumped over to the Verge article, mm. which I will include in our notes, in our show notes, so that you can see like an animated GIF of how this sort of thing works. Yeah. And they, they had, a, did, did they have actual working hardware? They were demonstrating it with like watches and I think a phone. Yes. Or they that, built a watch with this chip in it so that you can control it by making these little finger gestures above it. If I recall correctly, it's possible that the the experiment that I am recalling in my head right now, I'm literally closing my eyes and just like memory <laughs> come to me. If I recall correctly, it was a giant screen, not a giant screen. It was like a little tablet size screen, like a seven inch screen. And you could kind of draw so it could show how the gestures navigate. It's possible I'm just confusing it with an Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, th anyway, think, think, but this is what did I you, remember. Did you find it impossible <laughs> to do a circle with this input yes, I technology? Did. Okay, that's I, probably I found, an Etch-a-Sketch. I found, yeah, it probably, I'm thinking of an Etch-a-Sketch. But I do remember the interface elements and how kind of cool that was. And I remember at that time that that's when the 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 garment, the Levi's garment, because I'm just forgetting all the names of everything now of all the projects. Uh, that's when that was announced. And I remember Google had done a really big push at that particular developers conference to show these type of new interfaces. I was really excited about them from just an accessibility standpoint. And just the fact that like, I know Google has a great history with, with these sorts of things, but now kind of seeing the fact that this might be coming into play for real, real now, uh, what is it, four years after its initial debut, uh, that's really exciting. So the FCC has approved the use of a higher power radar than the one that was originally shown off at Google I.O. many years ago on December 31st. So this just happened like a couple days ago. And Soli needed this higher power radar in order to be more accurate. So who knows? Maybe that Etch-a-Sketch scene really <laughs> did happen. Uh, Facebook had opposed the application for an FCC waiver, citing concerns about interference with its other devices, I guess, that it is working on. Uh, Google and Facebook informed the FCC that they'd worked things out between them, which is a thing that often happens in Silicon Valley between companies, is they will cross the freeway to talk to each other about things. Um, 
I am just excited about this from a usability standpoint. Um, it's, yeah, I think this is something that could really change the way that we use Google's actual devices. Yeah. Okay. Um, thinking about like smart speakers, for instance, like imagine not having to touch a smart speaker to turn on the volume. Yeah. No, I, I'm really, really happy with this announcement. First of all, because Google I.O., they usually don't show something off at Google I.O. unless the project is pretty far along and they've got a roadmap for when we're actually going to see it, at least in the in the hands of developers. But so oftentimes you see a demo or they talk about something they're working on and it is interesting research, but it dead ends just at the research end of things. And the fact that they uh, that the, the fact that they've got this new approval uh, to to keep improving it means that we could actually start to see this sort of technology in actual things. And this is one of the most one of the most interesting things I've seen in hardware interface and I, since since multi-touch and think about all the different ways that multi-touch has been uh, has been implemented and all the things that it enabled i mean just the imagine the idea of not necessarily having to put up a graphical dingus on a watch or a or or a, or, or, a, or a phone uh, or even not or even a device that doesn't have a screen like a like a speaker and imagine just like miming with your with your thumb and index figure just turning a knob <laughs> up and be able to simply know, know that you're because it sees that you're rubbing your you're twisting your fingers together like that means that, oh he wants the volume to go up or and otherwise you would have to have some sort of a touch sensor on the speaker or some sort of a screen for a touch screen um, and radar it works through fabric too so you could control your phone or at least tell it to okay dismiss dismiss a, a notification or please mute or please turn yourself uh, into airplane mode just by making a gesture above your pocket and now and it's it's winter time in new england which means that not only do I have to worry about finding <laughs> finding my good gloves, I have to worry about finding the gloves that have the sort of capacitant tips on it so I can actually <laughs> control these devices. But only on the index and the thumb, of yep. course, because nowhere else are you supposed to have touch screen abilities. Yes, but but it, it gets me excited <laughs> because I can just think about so many different ways that this could enhance so many different pro products, not just enhance stuff that we have now, but also enable things that have been really so incredibly impractical before uh so this is this is why google still gets me really excited as a tech company because they keep they're 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 not like they're not like apple uh, and they're not like facebook they have like no andy they're not like no. apple <laughs> <laughs> well no, see and, apple apple yeah. like it's it's like they don't want to create something fundamental that is that moves things forward anymore they want to create really cool design uh, which is great, and they which works for them. I mean, they've and, got and, a and ton works, of money, and it works for the user too. <laughs> users, yeah, too. exactly. And Facebook doesn't really care about anything but <laughs> about profitability, moving fast and breaking things. Exactly, that's like, what like, Facebook like cares the about. The trust of users, and then communities, and then governments. In so what? <laughs> so what if we play baseball out in the backyard and then break a window? We'll just fix it later. It Listen. looks better. It looks better with broken broken glass, right? Uh, but yeah, that's that Google keeps like making from my perspective, really cool things that can really move the needle forward. And it, it, again, it gets me excited to think about all the designers who are thinking, but if all we need is this little like chip that's one centimeter by one centimeter, it has all the processing and has all the radars and everything. And now we can, we don't even need to have buttons. We don't need to have a touch surface. Uh, 
goodness, what what if what if we <laughs> what if we make a, a coffee mug that can also control you <laughs> that can also control your stereo? What if we make a comb that can? It's I, I know I'm being ridiculous, but these are these are things we we could not imagine what a multi-touch world would be like until we got our first really good multi-touch devices. And now it's hard to imagine life without them. But now but and now we have the idea of what if we could just make a gesture? What if I could instead of having to just to, before we started recording, I was listening to music on my stereo instead of having to pick up my, bring my remote to the desk here and pick it up and do this if i could just like point my finger at the stereo like a gun and make a pew <laughs> gesture with it and now it's oh he wants he wants me to turn off i got it <laughs> uh so the maestro of your assistant enabled devices basically a literal maestro where you're just like yeah i mean that would just be amazing um, I am just wanting to look more into why Facebook, what Facebook raised concerns about with regards to the solely sensors. <sighs> yeah, I don't think you know, the, um, that comes from a Reuters report and I don't think yeah. that they, I don't think the, the, the Reuters report doesn't make it sound as though, uh, Facebook said, Hey, we've got a product that this could sort of interfere with. I think they were just raising the point that, yeah. Uh, if you're putting general technologies, yeah, I mean, if, if if you put another another radio on that's supposed to be sandwiched inside a device like a phone that's already packed with radios, does every is everything still going to work? Particularly if you allow these chips to operate at a higher power than they originally were supposed to work at. Maybe it was something as simple as we can we can ruin <laughs> we can make things difficult for Google and then. Ask for a simple concession from them on a totally unrelated matter that will make us see our way clear to to rescinding this objection. Um, I, that's I, exactly I, why I brought it up. Yeah, I think that's no knowing Google. Excuse me, knowing Facebook. I I think that's probably what it was all about. Uh, in case anybody is curious, the let's see, the short range interactive motion sensing solely operates in the 57 to 64 gigahertz frequency band at power levels consistent with the European Te Telecommunications Standards Institute standards. Yeah. And in case anybody was wondering. That's the, that's, <laughs> that's the basis upon which Google asked for the waiver. They said, well, look, it's not as though you're doing, we're asking you to do something that's not being done. I mean, Europe, yeah. they're doing it all the time. And, you know, and they got the Eiffel Tower over there. It's really pretty. They got all this, uh, the Mona Lisa's mm -hmm. over there. And you can say that, you know, a country that's got Mona Lisa, they don't know what they're doing with radio. Well, I beg to differ. That's a pretty good painting over there. You know, yeah. I'm yeah. sure. And But they used a lot of graphs and, like, spectrographs, I think, in their right. application. Yes. Material design spectrographs. <laughs> don't forget. Uh, another oh, – boy, I just closed the dock. Good job, Flo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to America. <laughs> Um, oh, speaking of which, while I'm loading this, nobody was at the customs. <laughs> oh, that's so right. The government's government shut down. down in the United States right now. Uh, for those of you who are not in the United States listening to this podcast, and of which we do have a listenership, yes, outside of the U.S. And I can tell you the customs desks were very empty. Uh, that was the easiest time I've ever had immigrating back into the U.S. <laughs> I call it immigrating because it's, anyway, U.S. immigration. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, let's talk about fuchsia. <laughs> Andy, would you like oh, to talk yeah. <laughs> about fuchsia, actually? Because yes. um, because I haven't really 
like I, I've just been kind of skipping through the news items on my Google feed because <laughs> as excited as I am about fuchsia, I'm just, I'm feeling a little like bombarded by all this, like, this is what's going to be changing about the way that you're using things. And because I am naturally resistant to change, uh, I don't, I don't want to face the music. So Andy, maybe you can help me face yeah. some of this fuchsia music. Well, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what fuchsia is going to be all about. Uh, this is, as we've been talking about, uh, a brand new operating system that Google seems to be building from the ground up. And one of the things they're specifically on about about uh, building this new OS is that we don't want to use we don't want to, we don't want to base it on on uh, Unix, which mm -hmm. is what every single operating system has been based on. And Unix is the kernel is super super old, and no matter how many times like we rewrite it or create a new version of it, it's still based on ideas that come from people in 1978 that were working on government grant money, uh, wearing corduroy and shag vests, and probably stoned. Uh, so what because if we... it's back in style, by the way. <laughs> exactly, shag vest. <laughs> Everything old is new again. <laughs> uh, but hey, let's not talk about the clan today. Anyway, mm -mm. Uh, so so uh, so that's uh, it's so it's interesting the idea of building an entirely new operating system from the ground up that is built with the needs of 2018, 2019, 2020 in mind. So every time we get a new tidbit about it. It's I. It gets me like leaning back and putting on my fake beard so I can stroke said beard. Uh, I also and have a fake about... beard. I stroke. Exactly. Did you notice I was stroking it? You, you kind of got to have it standing <laughs> by because you 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 got it. You when people when you share like a living space or working space, someone has to know. Oh, look, he's in contemplation mode. I shouldn't bother mm -hmm, him. Mm -hmm, he will mm -hmm. he will fill out those those W twos on uh, in, in due course uh so the, the the new news we have is that uh courtesy of uh, more uh, more code that's that's uh, been added to uh, the publicly accessible open source fuchsia uh code repository uh it's going to have uh, a version of an android runtime so it will be able to run android apps which makes me so indicates two. It definitely indicates that just like uh, just like when we were talking about Project Soli before, it is an indication that no, this isn't something that they're toying with. It does seem to be something that they've, if they're not telling anybody uh, their timeline for this or their purposes for it, they have decided on a timeline and they seem to have decided on a purpose for it. Um, the and so maybe we'll see them make a public their first really public announcement about this new operating system, uh, either at Google I/O this year or maybe even earlier than that. If they were going to, uh, uh, right now it's, it's an open source thing, so anybody can download the code and build it. But they haven't actually stepped out and said, "Here is the purpose of us of us building this operating system." So maybe I've, I'm waiting to hear them explain what this thing is all about. What's all this then? The but it does it also makes me though wonder. Like what I thought I understood that the point might have been to say, well, let's take this as an opportunity to build something brand new that isn't does isn't tied down with any old baggage. And the idea of it running Android or excuse me, or being able to run Android apps now has me for the first time thinking that is it is it really like a replacement for Linux? Like just as your Android phone runs Linux, but you never see it, it just does all the file management and all the IO and all the all the APIs. You don't have to know about it; it just does all that stuff. Is that what we're gonna? If we get a, if I get a phone that runs Fuchsia, 
Is it going to be like it'll have an Android style launcher? It'll run Android apps from the Android uh, from the Google Play Store. I just don't. I will just discover that. Gee, this new version of <laughs> of my Android phone works so much better with my Pixel Book, and it works so much better with desktops and networks. I don't know why. It's almost as if they've changed to a totally different kernel or something. Uh, it's. I. W- I mean, I would love to see something revolutionary. I'd love to see something super, super different. But and but this isn't a bad piece of news either. It's just that I was I was. I was looking forward to being totally confused by this and then angry uh, uh, to whatever, whatever day they introduce like a public beta, something you can actually install on something and expect to do something with. I was hoping that I would be deeply confused for the first couple of days with it, that I would be angry for the next three days with it. And then after the first week, when I start to realize, Oh, this is just so new and so beyond my puny little pink squishy brain raised on sugary cereals and Saturday morning cartoons and keyboard and mouse interfaces could not augur the brilliance and the genius and the majesty of this new new concept. I now apologize. I have sinned no more, but I have come towards the light. So maybe it's just going to be, oh, look, it's easier. It finds networks really much easier. And oh, look, it's actually doing journaling on my files much better. Oh, that's cool. Anyway. I'm not sure how I feel, <laughs> but I've already said how I feel is that I am very resistant to change. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I feel about that. This is definitely going to be a year that we'll hear more about this. And I'm, you know, it's only the 3rd of January. Yep. So. And we're yeah, exactly. We're still, we're still in the roller coaster cart. We're still in the clickety, 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 clickety part of the first hill. We have not even gone through the bunny hill yet. But yep. it, the, I mean, these first two stories are, are are nice because it underscores why I what I like about Google, why I'm like sort of uh, intellectually invested in their in their products and their stuff. It's like they they come out with so many ideas that are wow, this could really push things forward. This is a really broad thinking idea. It's not just what if we took this eight hundred dollar phone made out of aluminum and then we make it out of. To 18 karat gold and sold it for fifteen thousand dollars would that be a product it's okay it's, <sighs> look it's made yeah. out of ceramic just like yeah. your, just like your mom's corningware like it's yeah. it's only four hundred dollars more than a normal phone you're welcome like okay it's but it's still a phone it's still it's still it still plays that 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 sudoku roku uh, ripoff game right okay so i'm i'm good thank you shall we jump into our next ad i think we shall have a second ad this time This episode of Material is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We've seen a lot in the media lately about online security breaches, so it's only natural to worry about where your data goes, especially when something as simple as sending an email can put your private information at risk. Chances are you're being tracked by social media sites, marketing companies, and possibly even your internet provider. And not only can they record your browsing history, they can also sell it to people who want to profit from your information. You can take back your privacy with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. The easy-to-use apps run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, or tablet, and it costs less than $7 a month. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. It even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. 
I like to use ExpressVPN when I'm out in cafes working with my Pixelbook. I just get the ExpressVPN Android app on there and Chrome OS uses it just seamlessly. Even shows you a little notification shade when it's on, which is super helpful. And I love how easy it is to log on from anywhere I am. All I have to do is select my location, press a button to get started, and then I am on VPN. If you don't want your online history in the hands of your internet provider or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. Protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free with a one-year package at express expressvpn.com slash material. That's expressvpn.com slash material for three extra months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash material to learn more. Our sincere thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of material and all of Relay FM. Okay, so there, there are a lot I, of freaking weird people everywhere, and there, there are also some of those in Arizona. Let's just say. Okay, that. but this is this is so. First of all, I totally laughed when I saw this, and I like my husband is working from home today, obviously because everybody is jet lagged uh, to the <laughs> nines, and I yelled at him from across the hallway, like, "Guess what, Andy put on the dock today?" <laughs> like all these people are attacking cars in Arizona. Uh, which honestly, I have. I mean, look, I as a as a dry as a person. So, like I was talking about California car culture earlier. Part of the reason that um, I am so much in this car culture, I I guess I enjoy it just because I think I don't enjoy it, but I I've learned to like it. I've learned <laughs> I've learned it's. It's not a good thing because it's like bad to be. It's bad to be driving just with the way, you know, global warming and everything else that's going on. Uh, but you know, you get in the car, you're by yourself, you get into a groove, and there's you kind of like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's the open road and it does yeah. all those things to you, and then you see these self-driving cars that do like twelve-point turns in what you could have done <laughs> a lot quicker than that car to try and get around in a very busy city, and it just. It just angers you a little bit. And really, I don't need it. There's so many other things that I should be angry about. Like, that is just the most first world thing to be angry about. But let's just say that I can kind of understand Arizonians. Arizonians? <laughs> Arizonians. I'm going to say Arizonians because I like the way it sounds better. So uh, in the past year, so we're talking from now, the beginning of 2019 to the last of 2018, there were two dozen attacks on Waymo cars uh, in Arizona, primarily in Chandler, Arizona, where they are testing a lot of these uh, cars. And the kind of cars that we are talking about are giant Chryslers, Chrysler vans. So thus far, we've had tires slashed. We've had it pelted with rocks. Um, In one case of a car being beaten with PVC pipe. I was, yeah, that was the, the next one I was going to go to, uh, threat and a man actually pulled up alongside the oh, what's vehicle it, what's and threatened. His, no, what, what's his name? It's, it's, I, no, I didn't single this out because it was a newsworthy item. I singled it out because his name is Eric, Eric Opolka, Eric Opolka, which is just a, just a <laughs> gift. It's just, that's just, that's just adorable. That, that'll get uh, your, 
I, I, I bet he sells real estate either because he realized that, wow, with a name like Eric Opolka, no one will forget it on a bus. Or maybe he like his name was something normal and he changed it to Eric Opolka just for the purposes of real estate business. Five okay, months. hold on a second. We need to take a second to talk about this, this sir. So Okay, he, he has anger management issues. Let's yeah, just say I that. mean... Okay. Okay, in one case, driving head-on toward one of the self-driving vehicles until it was forced to come to an abrupt stop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> His wife admitted in an interview that her husband, quote, finds it entertaining to break hard, unquote, in front of the self-driving vans, and that she herself, quote, may have forced them to pull over, unquote, so she could yell at them to get out of their neighborhood. Uh, okay, but here's why, though. So they were very frustrated when their 10-year-old son was nearly hit by one of the vehicles while he was playing in a nearby cul-de-sac. Now, I grew up in a cul-de-sac, and I want to tell you that when you are raising your kids in a cul-de-sac, you expect nothing to come to your children in that cul-de-sac because that cul-de-sac was made for riding bikes around in a very, very fast manner in a circle. Okay, okay? They, and when you have a car... <laughs> okay, I, I also grew up in a cul-de-sac... And we were also taught at an early age there is a responsibility that whoever is playing goalie in your street hockey game, if the action is at the other net, you have to keep an eye out and then yell car if a car is coming. Yes, it's so true. Was, we the, the was same this a 10 year old little wingnut who said, you know what, we're playing street hockey. We got a close game going. You know, that car, I don't have to yell. I don't have to yell car and have everybody pick up the nets and go to the side of the road. These entitled little children. Who just wanted to have their nice suburban upbringings? Exactly. Um, okay, it it gets worse, by the way, of the <laughs> of the violence against the Waymo cars. Um, in and this is a quote picked up from the New York Times article that we will uh, put in the show notes. In one of the more harrowing episodes, a man waved a 22 caliber revolver at a Waymo vehicle, and the emergency backup driver at the wheel. Oh my gosh! He told the police that he quote, despises, unquote, driverless cars, referring to the killing of a female pedestrian in March in nearby Tempe by a self-driving Uber car. Uh, It is just important to know Waymo and Uber, two different things, um, two different companies here at play, just for the man. Also, it it seems like we need to spread the word that just because it's a driverless car, there are still people inside said car. Um, And even if you think that even if you're unaware that there's an emergency like driver at the wheel to take over, which you can maybe you didn't hear about, they're not sending these things out without passengers. So if you're firing at the car, really good chance you're going to hit people. And the idea that I'm sorry, I thought I was just firing at a soulless robot uh, and helping to raise the red banner of revolution against the rise of machines, that's not going to carry much ice with a with a judge or a jury. Uh, There's also people who apparently like to just taunt the Waymo vehicles while (laughs) they're on the freeway, which is extremely dangerous. But this is exactly because they're easily riled. They haven't they haven't put passive. (laughs) They haven't made the the, the, these Waymo artificial intelligence like a, a, a placid individuals yet. They're still very, very tense. They've been learning by driving on American roads with American drivers. Okay, so they're granted they didn't grow up learning how to drive from uh, like Dedham, Massachusetts to Boston. So they're not total jerks, but they're pretty riled. They're easily riled. And if yeah, that's no, no, no dangerous. It's just so I do want to talk about this at, in the context of 
the societal context before we kind of like talk about it from, I guess, the tech angle. It's just the it's very interesting to know. Oh, it's all about the societal context. It's it is. It is actually absolutely. It's all about the societal context because we basically are beta testing these things in the real world, and people are saying like we do not want it beta tested because it is true. Like humans, we obviously want to protect our kin. So if we are scared that a car is going to hurt one of our loved ones, of course, the instinct for many of us is to go out and attack that thing, right? And I'm wondering, like, did anybody talk about this in the meetings when we were talking about the risks of beta beta blah, beta testing these things? <laughs> I'm still getting my English back, by the way, for everybody out there. I apologize. Um, hey, yeah, hey, listeners, we, how many languages do you speak? <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't. Okay, that was. I realized that sometimes I do kind of brag when I she's say that. She's only been in I this apologize. country a day, and she's already contributing to American society. Less she's, than 24 she's, hours. She's, she's working as a tech reporter. She's she's yes. landed her own hosting job as a podcast. Yes, two podcasts. I, I don't. By I don't think way. I could do quite so well after like uh, landing in Romania for one day with nothing but the clothes on her back and the devices in her pocket. It's true. Uh... <laughs> Folks, the she the is the huddled masses. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, I I just where was I with this? Andy, <laughs> About when, this... when they when they signed up the beta when they started the beta program, did they consider? <laughs> yeah, did they consider any of this? Like, you we know. really have to. I was actually thinking about this. The thing that I thought about just sort of vindictively in my own mind, because I was thinking like, because again, like I'm a person who has Stockholm syndrome with driving, which maybe I shouldn't use that terminology with driving because it's like a really terrible thing. But, but yeah, that's why I've had to find a way to enjoy driving because it is ter a terrible necessity that I have to do here in a place where public transportation doesn't go very far. And, um, I was thinking like, ha ha ha, they're going to have such a hard time testing all those things like among real people, because that's the thing is I do drive a lot. That's how I have to get places living in the suburbs of the Bay Area. And so I do see people at their worst and I am at my worst behind the wheel. Like I am such a bad person behind the wheel <laughs> and I am, I really am sorry about that. Like, because I have been a jerk to people. And I have had bad days where I've like taken it out on a person who's just maybe driving too slow in front of me. And I honestly wonder how our self-driving car is going to exist among the emotional masses of the population because humans have emotions and robots do not have emotions. And so how are they going to deal with us and our emotions? So, yeah, well, see, that it, it brings to mind that I, I've watched a documentary on Netflix about uh, hockey goons, about hockey fighting. And, okay. make, and you think that it's, it's not a, it's not a celebration of hockey fights. It's actually cerebral as far as a documentary about hockey fights Ooh, can go. But, you need but to the, give me this after the show. Yeah, it's, it's, I'll, I'll, we'll put it in the show notes. It's actually a really mm -hmm. good documentary because it also it raises some points that if if you are uh, that only people who are like involved in in professional hockey would understand that no, it's the the, the yes the, we're talking about a person whose hockey skills are not enough to get them like drafted by the NHL. They are being dra they're drafted by the NHL because they're really really good fighters and enforcers. 
and you see all these retired, <laughs> even recently retired NHL players saying that the thing is that the, the the presence of this specific guy on the ice meant that like I was really well protected. None of the, no one on the other team is going to try to take me out because they know that as soon as the next shift starts, they're going to get whomped by someone who is who is really good at whomping people. And and so the thing is the so we have these we have these self driving cars that have not been trained to fight back. So we need like a self driving car enforcers that make it that that like a, once there are like an X number of incidents in the same sort of stretch of highway in the same amount of time. Basically, if if uh, if Waymo finds an empty car, it can basically turn it into a goon. Where it's going to start chasing down cars and cause making like aggressive lane changes and turns, so that uh, the human drivers will know that okay, there's now a cost. I there, I'm, I'm, I have to be putting some I'm putting some skin in the game now. I can't just simply harass these self driving cars and not expect that a self driving car is not going to try to brake check me like right in front of a semi. So that's there's a lot we need to learn. It's only by having these real world tests that we're going to figure out these subtle points. Uh, but okay, being on a, on a slightly more serious point, there's it's one of the reasons why road rage happens is because being inside a car sort of depersonalizes every other person in a car. You don't you you see you don't see if if I bumped into somebody uh, uh, as a pedestrian. There might be, uh, watch it, buddy, or or be, or be actually more likely, like we would both apologize to each other, <laughs> like simultaneously without figuring out, oh, I'd, at, at eight steps later, oh, actually he bumped into me, but okay, who cares? We, we both said, oh, sorry. Because these are real people. These are people that have arms, legs, heads, jackets, everything. In a car, this is just some idiot <laughs> in, a, in, a, in, a, in a red Subaru. And so... Even if you don't try to trade some paint with this red Subaru, you can yell at this person inside your car saying, oh, that idiot, look at you, you're going to be dead soon, you're going to run off the, you're gonna run yourself off the road, and I'll be glad, because you're not really seeing this as a real person. Now, and so you, you don't have that kind of emotional investment in not ruining <laughs> the life of, or the health of another human being, because it's not another human being, you're regarding it just as a car. And only academically do you understand there are people in that car. Now, take that and take it another step further and thinking that, well, this is a self-driving car. There is nobody driving that. So, of course, I can I can brake check this car. Of course, I can follow too closely. And, of course, I can shoot my twenty-two caliber pistol into it because this is, there, this is just a, a, a corp, an extension of a corporate behemoth. Again, ignoring yeah. the fact that there's somebody in the front seat and there are passengers in the back seat. So we really have to figure out and follow closely how people's brains simply respond to the idea of uh, I have no I have no control. And it, it, probably one of the things that makes them certain personalities react even harder is that I know that if I roll down my window as I pass by and excuse me, I'm not me because I don't I don't have road rage. But let's say that driver X <laughs> not like his co-host flow. <laughs> but but ima- okay. so imagine that some that someone cuts me off and I blow my horn like long after after it's happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not warning him that he's he he could in the near future cause an accident. I'm just angry. I want to blow my horn or mm-hmm. I notice I'm passing by. So I rolled out my, my window and I, I give him the finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I know that if uh, if I feel as though I've been minused by a self-driving car, that is software and sensors. It doesn't care that I blew the horn at him. It doesn't care that I'm giving it the finger. It, it doesn't care that I'm following really, really closely behind and flashing my lights at it, except for the, except for the uh, fact that, okay, there is an object that I don't care about that's following me at six, uh, six feet behind my, my rear bumper. And maybe that makes that kind of personality even more frustrated and more angry. And after getting into its head that, no, I'm not going to hurt another human being, this is just an expression of – this vehicle is just a, a, an inter, uh, a huge international corporate behemoth imposing itself into the world of a plain, ordinary, good, hardworking, industrious person like myself. And that makes that's making me even more mad and even more mad. And catch this person on a day when – they were actually five minutes early coming back for lunch, but the boss didn't see him until 10 minutes after lunch. And so they got yelled at for being late coming back for lunch and warned what would happen if this happens again. Give them that, that, that caraway seed of anger and resentment that they couldn't act on and then put them on a road with a self-driving car that maybe was stopping a little, mm-hmm. going a little bit too slowly as it approached an intersection. And that's when you have bad things happening with people who have short tempers, personality problems, and a twenty-two caliber pistol in the front seat. And this is exactly why you have to beta beta test. It was a problem saying that. Beta test these things in the real world. It's just kind of I just wonder why nobody I I, I can't say that because I don't know for sure if nobody was thinking about it, but I just <laughs> I want to know if this was Perhaps I will try and get an answer to that question this year. Perhaps I will try and say, does anybody, did anybody (laughs) predict that this would happen? Because human nature is so predictable at this point. Come on. Um, It's going to be something that people have to, that the companies are going to have to weather. Because if we are going to have this technology in the real world, the robots have to be able to deal with humanity. And so then it becomes a point where we start asking ourselves, are we ready for this kind of thing? Yeah. Like, or is, because the thing is, I live in the Bay Area, so I am already used to seeing all these cars around. And part of the reason they were moved to other states and other uh, metropolitan areas is because California kind of started to tighten down on these things. Because again, car culture, and like, there are so many cars here already. And I know that it's supposed to like, the self-driving thing is supposed to help us apparently with this with this problem that we have, but it's kind of hard to do that in this market because it's already so crowded and we already like have very little breathing room for this sort of thing. And so the state put a lot of restrictions on testing, which brought it to other places, but you're bringing it to other places that are not in this tech bubble, that are not used to being beta tech beta testers, that are not used to being beta testers of technology. And those people are not going to be as receptive to it the way that somebody like me who was born into this culture is. They're, they're not dazzled by new, by exactly. this demonstration of breathtaking new technology. Yeah, the, In the Bay Area, we're just like, oh, yeah, you're, they're testing out tech. Cool. Like, it, it is just comes with the territory of living here. <laughs> like, putting it somewhere else where people do not have to deal with that kind of noise, it's going to get noisy. And I think that this might be a really good reality check 
for the self-driving car world. And in some cases, it needs to be a reality check for Silicon Valley as we think about like tech going forward is that there is the rest of the United States to think about and the rest of the world. And even though a lot of there's a lot of excitement around these things from certain bubbles. There's also a lot of bubbles out there that don't want anything to do with this stuff, (laughs) who are very fine with the system that they have going already. And so we have to remember that Silicon Valley is not just a bubble. (laughs) (laughs) That is my conclusion on that. Uh, And I, and I'm just smiling. I'm smiling kind of like, you know, the Grinch in the original cartoon, none of these remakes that have been done. Uh, The Grinch is his little smile. I'm smiling like that. Just thinking about like, yep, (laughs) this is what happens. Welcome, welcome to welcome to the real world. It's a John Mayer song. You could just sing it to the tech companies. So, anyway. I'm sure John Mayer understands. Uh, yeah, and if I sing anymore, he's going to charge us. Uh, so we can't sing it anymore. We can't sing. Yes, we have no bananas because that's now in the public domain as of three days. Oh ago. yes, I know. And I <laughs> now now you can't go anywhere without hearing people like blaring it out like sports bars. You know, without having to pay any licensing fees. Finally. Uh, I actually did have a, there were some social media posts, which I thought was just such a great idea to <laughs> sing that song. Uh, and then I went down a copyright internet copyright hole, <laughs> <laughs> which tends to happen whenever there's like a big celebratory, ah, things are out of, are in the public domain. Um, <laughs> speaking of celebratory, should we, should we leave our listeners with a bit of a palate cleanser after that? People brutally harassing <laughs> self-driving cars. <laughs> Lord. Um, Eric I actually, I actually really appreciate that you found this yes. little tidbit to put in our notes. So it is now award season is back in play for those out there who do follow that sort of thing. I ask a uh, season. Yeah, I'm I'm all for the pageantry of just Hollywood. I always have been into it. Again, I think that comes with the territory of being a bona fide California girl. Um, I love Hollywood uh, in all of its flaws. <laughs> uh, but so part of the fun part about Hollywood is that it starts to honor all of this different kind of filmmaking. And so one of the filmmaking that we have been experiencing in this world of virtual reality, accessible virtual reality, is... VR, you know, VR shorts and and VR films. And so one of the Google VR Spotlight animated shorts is on the cusp of an Oscar nomination. Uh, So The Age of Sea, as it's called, was directed by John Cars, who won a Best Animated Short Oscar for Paper Man at Disney. And if you want to watch Paper Man, it is actually rentable or buyable, I think, for $2 in the Google Play Movies and TV app. And slash section at the Play Store. Uh, I have it in my library. I, it was one of those cheapos that I just added on there. Um, it was converted. Uh, so, so they had converted. So it was originally VR, so that yeah. you could. It, it takes it. A lot of it takes place like on a boat, and it was des- it was designed as a VR thing. There's an interview, uh, I think, on IndieWire. Uh, where mm-hmm. he says he's talking about again. He remember he's trained as actually like like so many CGI uh, uh, animators. Of course, he yeah. trained as a two D animator, and says uh, to creating his creating a virtual a VR like sort of headset based uh, story. 
uh, it's not interactive. It's just a story that you that you experience. Uh, so you can't quote. You can't move too far and cut a lot. Cara said you have to make a play that happens around the viewer. So I thought about uh, the story knife in the water and being stuck on a boat and the movie Twelve Angry Men and being stuck in that room. So this is the, this is in the short. It's not like you're a character in it, but you obviously you're an observer somewhere, and so you have to have a way to make it make it make sense that you're standing in one position. So they developed the story about. Uh, that takes place mostly on a boat. So the camera, so to speak, is kind of on a boat. So you can turn around and as you hear people talking behind you, you can you can watch the water. You can look at there's, oh, well, there's a boat on the horizon. Maybe that's going to be uh, an answer to something. You can you know react to things going around you. So it was really interesting that he, was, he has to develop this story in a place that would work in VR. But then because, uh, because this is hopefully one of the last years in which uh, the Academy uh, does not have special categories for virtual reality experiences. He had to f- convert that into a conventional, reg- like flat sort of uh, s- flat sort of experience. So he converted it to a flat video, submitted for. Or they you also have to run it in, uh, in an actual theater uh, in New York or LA, an advertised actual theater. Uh, and so the way that they do the best animated short is that. They a, a few weeks before the nominations, I think the nominations are the last week in January this year, a few weeks before that, they release a short list saying here are like about a dozen shorts that have qualified uh, for nomination or basically it's, it's passed. We've had the, the, the members of the Academy who vote on this have decided which people, which the, which shorts should be considered. And it's one of these 12 and it's the usual list of a lot of Pixar stuff, a lot of DreamWorks stuff. Uh, but they, this is a Google, a Google short, a, 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 a Google, a Google uh, VR spotlight short that is now on the short list for an Academy Award nomination. And the also it's worth talking about because it's uh, you can actually watch see the whole thing. It's like a 12-minute short online. I watched it late this afternoon, and it's a really, really cool short. Uh, and so it was good enough that uh, I used that software that I have to make an emergency, to make a backup copy in case, you know, I, I would hate it if, uh, if uh, John Carr's, you know, had a crash like on his MacBook or something, uh, and then he lost his copy of it. And meanwhile, like someone had taken it, it got like a copyright strike against it from some like Korean group. So he can't get it off. Of so he can contact me. I have an MP4 of it, like on my home video server, uh, because that, that's I like to give back to these creators that whose work I enjoy so much. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 also kind of a feather in the cap of these companies. That's there, there's so many different metrics that I think these companies. Uh, measure success by and one of these is going to be uh how many academy awards or emmys or like creative awards outside of technology have you won uh just like apple was happy to have won emmys for Mm -hmm. its contributions to uh for for, for technical awards and they've won Mm -hmm. oscars for its technical awards but now they're getting into uh film and tv production and just like it was a big deal for netflix the first time that it won Emmys and Oscars mm-hmm. for its original productions. Google, I'm sure, has it as its goal that we want to, just like when you go into Pixar, there's a glass cabinet with its Academy Awards. Just like when you go into Apple, there is a couple of awards in their lobby. Google wants to have an Oscar somewhere in its lobby for people to see, to say, you see, where you we don't just do IP networking. We're not just the we're not just Google Docs. We are actually creative people. 
See, we don't just serve you ads in the search engine. Oh, we also track, make we're, movies. We're tracking you as relentlessly and mercilessly as the bear tracked Leonardo DiCaprio and The Revenant with much the same results. But we also have our free, free, freewheeling creative side. <laughs> Enjoy the free cartoon. Uh, I like free cartoons. And, you know, I am... It's... <sighs> For me, it's just been really interesting seeing just on the note of Google kind of like heading into this mainstream. Like it's still a bit of a trip for me. I went to go buy my moisturizer at Sephora the other day because I wanted to have it ready for me when I got home because that is the magic of the world that we live in these these days. <laughs> and um, I saw a Google Home Hub for offer at Sephora. And then I remembered, oh, that's right. They put the Google Home Hub on sale at Sephora for the holidays <laughs> to like try and kind of like sell it. And it's just interesting when tech sort of crosses over. But then you have to remember, like, of course, co a company like Apple, for instance, is going to start getting considered in the film world because the film world uses that hardware to make the films that we watch. I mean, film is so digital now compared to the cut and paste uh, methods that were used back in the day. And so it just goes to show that as technology, you know, gets better and increases, it starts to kind of blanket all other parts of the world. <laughs> Which is why we need to stop thinking about it as not a mainstream thing. Because mm. obviously you all have phones in your hands, you all have laptops, it's also why you should stop fighting it. Um, just let Google ram its ovipositor down your throat yeah. and lay its eggs in your chest. Yes. It will assimilate you And park you their car in your driveway. Yeah. <laughs> just let them park their car in your or, driveway, or if, okay? or, or if you could see your way clear of not shooting at their cars. Yeah, just don't a compromise. do that. It's, again, it's, it's almost as if it would be easier on your part. Because you're you're you got to hold the steering wheel with one hand, you got to fumble through the glove box, get all those like uh, soda soda cans and wrappers out there, take the flick the safety off. Hopefully, because I hope that if you're carrying a gun in your car illegally, you at least can keep the safety on. Uh, you, oh, you got to take your hands off the steering wheel to chamber around. Because again, I hope that you're being safe enough not to leave around chambered, even though you have the safety on. You, uh, you got to roll down the window. So we, you know, we got another hand free for that. It, it almost seems like it's more trouble to shoot at a Waymo car than it's actually worth. Granted, or you could ride in a what Waymo car <laughs> and and return Which the will fire do everything exactly. For <laughs> you will find. You will find. <laughs> The new the new feature of the software is that as soon as it detects gunfire, like Sorry. armored com armored Sorry. like components co uh, compartments in the seat backs of the front seats flip open, revealing a couple of again similarly firepower gun guns. <laughs> it it will it will give like you like VR virtual like uh, augmented reality targeting projected onto the windows. I just want you all to know that I just did the crucifix, just just <laughs> praying that this is not the inevitability of our future. And on that note, I and feel Google, like this I is think I think you I'm a, as you can tell any Google engineers who are, who are listening, I am an idea person, uh, and uh, you can have the benefit of this fine oh, fine. Yeah, uh, you you and the you and the rest of our listeners, uh, <laughs> Google. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, that was good. Um, you totally didn't even realize that <laughs> you triggered it, and I didn't either. And then, and then I heard it, and it was great. Ah, what a great way to end off. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is our first episode of 2019, folks. 
Thanks for listening in. Uh, Before we go, before we let you go, uh, we do want to remind you that you can become a member of our show, which makes us really happy. It makes us feel good as people, honestly. And it also supports the work that we do because podcasts, they they do take work. Uh, Andy does take his time every week to help help us come up with the discussions that we have on the show. Uh, we we do try and stay up on everything that is happening to be able to provide you with the utmost of opinions. And, uh, and you know, we really appreciate your support. And to those of you that have supported us and have been supporting us and have been tweeting us and, and sending us, you know, commentary and notes and love notes and all that, we just want to tell you that we really appreciate you. And we look forward to bringing you more episodes in this new year. So again, if you'd like to become a member, that's relay.fm slash material. Uh, Andy, what are you up to? Uh, you have anything that you want to tell people about for the new year? Uh, check out my blog, which is now kind of active. Yeah, <laughs> I've got it fixed. This um, is the I, year of the blog, Andy. It's the year of the blog. I'm, I'm, I, I failed to pivot to video, so I've decided to pivot back to blogging. Uh, we all failed. <laughs> and, and this is and this is also that horrible time of year when you didn't make a resolution to do anything. It's just that as it turns out, I've blogged every day in 2019. And now that I've done it like three times in a row, it's like, oh, damn it. Now it's almost like it's a shame. Now, now, if I don't do it a certain day, like a streak, no matter how short, is at an end now. So it's like, uh, I better post something today just so I can download one of those apps that i can just tick off oh look you blogged something today so uh definitely check <laughs> definitely check out anotgo.com as usual uh check me out on twitter check me out on instagram same words as for me that's florence ion andy's <laughs> co-host um i have no idea what i'm doing i still <laughs> haven't made my list of things that i'm doing so until i find out you could just follow me at florenceion.com <laughs> I'll figure it out someday. If you have any uh, insights into what Flo is doing, let her know. Because yes, for the next please. three days until she really gets acclimated back <laughs> after two weeks in Romania, she could we we, yeah. we, we, sh- we should help her out, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'll be here on the podcast and, you know, I'll be on the podcasts, <laughs> but I really, I, I don't know. I'm just going to be a flower floating in the wind. Uh, <laughs> as is my name, Florence. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being here. And I, Andy and I, Hope that you have a lovely week.